So if you have a Bible, which I'm assuming that you do, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. In the notes that were given to you, I looked up the word cause because of the great commission, the great cause, the great compassion. And I just believe that every man needs to have a great cause in his life. Why do you do what you do? And so if you look at number one, cause is a person or thing that acts, happens, or exists in such a way that some specific thing happens as a result. The producer of an effect. You have been the cause of much anxiety. What was the cause of the accident? In other words, what do you mean by cause? And I know that sometimes we know that everything, there's a, a cause and effect. And that everything has a tendency to remain stationary unless acted on by an outside force. There's got to be a reason why we do what we do. Have you ever had somebody do something to you and you say, well, they didn't have a cause. They just did it. Now, they may have had a cause, but you didn't cause the cause. Does that make sense? Number two there in your notes, causes the reason or motive for some human action. The good news was a cause for rejoicing. Number three, cause is a good or sufficient reason to complain without cause, to be dismissed for cause. There was no cause for that. Then you have an illustration that's used back there in the book of Job, where in Job chapter 2, verse 3, And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil, and still he holdeth fast his integrity, although thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause, without a cause. In other words, Job really hasn't done anything to produce everything that happened to him. Now, God had a cause. God had a reason why he did what he did. Satan had a reason why he wanted to do what he did. But poor Job, he suffered without knowing the cause. And he hadn't done anything wrong to deserve the cause. But God had a higher purpose. God had a reason. Sometimes in life, we don't always understand why God does what he does. But we're supposed to believe that all things work together for good to them who love the Lord. And if you love the Lord, you're supposed to believe that everything will work together for good, for God's purpose, because God has a purpose, a cause. The next verse, John chapter 15, verse 25. But this cometh to pass, that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. Because, see, Jesus really never gave anybody a reason to hate him. But they did hate him without a cause. Because he was the Lord, God in the flesh. So I wrote a, a little question down. Have you ever seen the hands of God? And the reason that I believe that that is important is because the Lord had told Thomas that day, Reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side, and feel the scars, and so on. So I believe that there's a reason why God does 
what he does. He had already heard and knew what Thomas had said. And there was a reason why God showed up and asked him to do this particular thing. Because God knew he had a question and doubts about who he was and what he had done. He wanted to remove all of those doubts. So God sometimes makes us wait to learn some very valuable lessons. Sometimes it's the lesson of patience. God doesn't always jump when we snap our fingers. But God has a lot of lessons to teach. There is cause and effect. There's a reason why you are here this morning. There's a cause. There's a cause why some people gave to the offering this morning. There's a reason, a cause why you will pray and talk to the Lord. There's a cause why you feel the way you do about your children or they do about you. You see, there's reasons. And everybody's supposed to be taught enough from the Word of God and in life to know how to make intelligent decisions. Because one day when we stand before the Lord, we're going to have to give to Him a reason of the cause of our life. Now God, believe it or not, has given to us a, a reason for living. So I um, wanted you to look at this verse in Matthew in chapter 28. Look what it says in verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go you therefore and teach all nations. Now the reason there's all power is given unto me. I am who I claim to be. I've got power and I'm telling you what to do. This is why these are not suggestions here. Go into all the world if you want to. This is a command. And he says, and teach them whatsoever I have commanded you. So he is commanding them what to do. So there is a cause behind this. What is this great cause? The greatest thing in all the world has just took place. Jesus Christ would come into the world, died on the cross, paid for sin, came back from the dead. Now what? Now he tells his disciples, I want you to go into all the world and preach the gospel. To go. See what it says in verse 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Did you know that I don't believe that he ever asked them, what do you want to do with your life? Today we always ask people, what would you like to do with your life? What do you want to be in your life? And so people can pick and choose. We live in America. The American dream. But let me kind of mention this to you. Do you believe that God has the real dream? I mean, you ever heard of the dream team? Remember years ago, they had the dream team? You know, there's the choicest ones playing basketball, representing America, the dream team. Did you know that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the dream team, has just the right thing He wants you to do with your life and with my life? I mean, of all the things that we could do, all the places that we could go, 
everything that we could accomplish, all the things we can accumulate, that the God of all creation has just the dream job. Have you ever wished you could find just that dream job? I found it right here. It's whatever lies within the will of God. So God has told us what he wants us to do. Now, in your notes there, you'll also know in ahead of time that we're going to go to the book of Acts and chapter 1. The other night, covered a few chapters in the book of Acts, showing how that of all the things in the book of Acts, it talks mainly about the gospel. Because he told his disciples to go into all the world and preach the gospel, but they were to wait in Jerusalem until they were endued with power from on high. So they waited until the day of Pentecost. The Holy Ghost was come upon them. So in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, he says, And ye shall be witnesses unto me. This was their goal. This is what Christ wanted. There was a cause. The greatest cause in all of the world. People are lost. They're born into the world. They live and they die. And they're going to go somewhere. It's either heaven or hell. The greatest cause any man can ever live for is to keep people out of hell. People are unreached because they are unloved. Because so many of even God's children have fell in love with the world. Fell in love with themselves. Well, whatever they want. Their dreams. But what if your dream is contrary to the dream team? To what God wants you to do with your life? And most people never ask, Lord, what do you want in my life? And you'll find out your life will be lived. You can accomplish great things. But one day we'll have to give an account of ourselves to the Lord. So look in verse 8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the whole earth. Jesus never asked him, you want to set up your own business? I mean, what would you like to do? Every last one of them was commanded to go. Like it or not, they were commanded by the one that created them. The one that saved them, the one that came back from the dead, the one that has all the power in all the world, told him what he wanted them to do. Now, just understand the cause of what he's doing. Why is he doing it? Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Why? Because God so loved. He gave his only begotten son. There's a cause behind that. That whosoever, there's a cause Whosoever believeth, there's a cause. Should not perish, there is a cause. Have everlasting life, there is a cause. There's a reason why God did what he did. Now, there's a reason why God wants us to do certain things with our lives. There's a reason behind it. And one of the greatest things a child of God can ever learn is to find out, what is the reason for me living? What does God want me to do with my life? How can I be the most influential how can I live for the greatest cause? Now, you've got civil rights causes. You've got abortion causes. You've got, you name, there's a thousand causes you can live for. But what's the one that God asked you to live for? Find it out. Because everybody's going to have to give an account of himself one day to the Lord. And we also mentioned the other night that if you took all the 
soul winning stories out of the book of Acts is it's just a shell of a book. And yet this is the book that talks about the acts, not of the apostles, the acts of the Holy Spirit. It is what he began to do and continues to do. This is why it's so important. So look there in your notes at the next statement. In Isaiah 59, 1, we'll just look at the scripture right there on your paper. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save. Neither his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. I believe one of the greatest things is, and I mentioned this before, if you put everything you have into the hands of God, after a while you'll see God's hand in everything that you have. And some people have never seen the hand of God. And they don't know what you really mean by the hands of God. But I want you to look at this verse in John chapter 20, verse 27, right there in your notes. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands. Reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. In other words, believe. Reach forth. God wants you and I. As we live in this world, we are to be reaching. The purpose of Calvary Community Church is to always be reaching. The purpose of your individual life is to always be reaching. We're reaching, trying to reach more people. Every time we turn around, we can never be satisfied. We can't say, well, we've reached all the people we need to reach. Until the day we die, we keep reaching. We're always reaching. It's the reason behind everything that we do. Because you and I are the hands of God that He uses to reach the lost. We're the ones that take the message so that they can hear. And when He says the arm of the Lord is not too short, and His hand reaches out, He's using you and I as individuals. And we should not be limiting ourselves because we have all the power of all eternity behind us. We have the right to do it because God says so. I asked a couple of the kids, and it started all because one of them asked me. says, can I give a testimony about what camp means to me? I says, no. No, I said yes. So I'm going to start off with the guy that started this. Trent, come on up here. Tell everybody here why you like camp or what camp has done for you. Why do you want to go down there to Texas? Well, I asked Dr. Arnold because I have a real burden uh, for camp. You know, camp has meant a lot to me. Uh, it was about six and a half years ago I trusted Christ as my Savior at camp. And um, camp has taught me so many different things. Like uh, Mr. Freddie Coyle, he's the one who led me to the Lord. He told me that I'm a sinner and I deserve to go to hell, but God loves me and he wants me to go to heaven. And he died on the cross to pay for all my sins so that I could go to heaven. And uh, camp has taught me how to be bold. It taught me that I have eternal security in Christ Jesus. It taught me how to be a man. It taught me how to be a leader. It taught me how to share the gospel. If it wasn't for camp, I wouldn't be here. I don't think Tyler would be here. I don't think Justin would be here. I don't think Jesse would be here. I don't think John would be here. Now, how many of you, raise your hand if you've been blessed by all those people. Raise your hand. Yeah, and imagine if they wouldn't have been here. If they hadn't gone to camp and wouldn't have been here, you wouldn't have been blessed by them. And <laughs> camp has done so much for me. I just love camp and... Um, I just, 
I thank you guys for uh, supporting us going on the Texas trip and just pray for us as we go. It's been, camp is such a blessing and it helps so many people and so many people are led to the Lord through camp. Now, I did not ask him to do this. He wanted to. Because something that affects your life, affecting other people's lives, is worth talking to people about. But isn't it nice to have some college kids that have a burden to want to reach others? Because that's what it's all about. See, we want to train them so that they can reach somebody else. Got to reach. You're always reaching. And so that's why all this is so important. So I'm going to ask... Um, Jesse, where's Jesse? Is he hiding? He left church. Now, you know I'm running a great risk turning this microphone over to Jesse. All right, Jesse. All right, turn your Bibles to... No, just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) I'm on the clock. Um, I just want to say, as far as camp goes, this was an opportunity for me to see what serving the Lord was like. In 2011, I had just married Kyla. We had been married in May. We went to camp in July. And I was very ingrained in the corporate world. I was getting ready to start a new job at Bank of America. And there's nothing wrong with those things. But I was putting those things as the number one top priority in my life. As in, if I can make enough money, I can provide for my family, I can be able to retire, then I will have been a successful husband and a successful leader. And while those things are good to be able to do according to what God's word says, those things will not be what matters when it all is said and done. And I saw kids from Chicago that had a purpose. They were singing for the Lord. They were studying. They were learning and growing and making bonds with each other and leading people to the Lord in Chicago. And I said to myself, that is the void that is missing. And that day... We made a decision, my wife and I did, that we will do whatever it takes to serve the Lord. And we will do whatever it takes, wherever that takes us, and however much it costs, whatever needs to be done, we will do it. And so we got ready to go to Chicago. We bought an electric blanket. That's commitment. It was here in Target. I don't even know how they sell that here. But we were ready against a lot of what our family said was that we shouldn't do. We were ready to go and, and drop everything, go to Bible college, and uh, serve the Lord. And then Florida Bible College happened here. But if it wasn't for camp, I don't think that I'd be here today, or I don't think I'd be here today in the capacity that I am. Camp is an opportunity for kids to see there's something else out there that is so much more important. Souls, people need to hear the gospel. And sometimes they don't even know it. Ephesians 4.15 says, but speaking the truth in love. We can share the gospel until we're blue in the face, but if we don't have that love for the lost, missing something. And camp teaches them that. I think if there's, there's two back there, Erica and Robert. Can y'all raise your hand real quick? Those two are our product of Ranch and Faith and Maxwell are here as well. Those four right there, two of them, they're going to be coming to college hopefully in fall. These two right here, one of them is in middle school. Faith is in middle school. She's already said, I'm coming to Florida Bible College of Tampa. Now, that's great. We need to pray for these, these four. But they've all been to camp. And camp is so important. That's why we get up here and say we need a bus. <laughs> I 
That's why we get up here and say we need to have a sweetheart banquet. My time is running out. But um, I do want to say, if, if you're looking for something to pray about, pray for camp. Pray for this next week where we're going to go down real, real far in far Texas. And we're going to be there and we're going to be with kids that we've never met. And we're going to be working with individuals that we can have a chance to have an impact in their life. I sweated it out when I had a wife and two kids, and I was 22 years old when I decided to go to Bible college. I did not know there was a thing called ranch. I never knew about doing missionary work or evangelistic work or starting a church. All those, that was nebulous. That was, I didn't care. All I wanted, I just wanted to learn how to tell people how to go to heaven. I wanted to be better. And I had tried and I floundered so much and I didn't have enough answers and, and I was kind of rude and crude in how I presented it. And so I'm so glad. But when I went to Florida Bible College with a wife and two children, it was not easy. I mean, it was not a piece of cake because I couldn't see how it was going to affect down the road. I didn't know what I would be or do. And I realized I've got a wife and these kids and how am I going to support myself? How am I going to pay a college bill? All I had to do was just, this is what I'm going to do, and then pay the price of whatever it was to finish. Because I realized, if I don't do this, if I don't do it, what else is there for me to do? What else is there in life that's better than doing this? So I would just hang in there and just stay at it. And I uh, got a... Uh, a book in the mail the other day. Greg Steerick called me up and told me about a book that he had wrote. And so I'd never found out the name of it or knew anything about it, just that he wrote a book. And he always calls me and tells me when he wrote another book. So I was on the computer and, and there's this name that caught my attention called Gospelize. I thought, that's interesting. And it had a red chili pepper on it. What in the world a hot chili pepper got to do with the gospel? And he's talking about being on fire <laughs> for the gospel. So I thought I'll just look at it because you could download the first two chapters. So I thought I, I'll just read that and see what it says about it. And of course, I saw it had on there. Greg Steer wrote it. That's that book he was telling me about. So I started reading the book and I, it let you have the first chapter for free. So I, I read the first three. It's about our ministry. It was all about what we did in Colorado. And I thought, this is interesting. I got, I got to get me a copy of the book. I got to finish and see what else he says. <laughs> so I called him up on the phone. And I says, great. I see you wrote a book. Yeah, that's the book I've been telling you about. I says, but um, I didn't buy one because I know you're going to send me one in the mail. He says, all right, what's the address of the church? So I told him. <laughs> well, last week I got the book. And I read the book and I had to read the whole thing. Because I want to know how he still stands on the gospel and things like that. But I thought in the intro part of it, it talks about what Euphor Christ says about it. And about the Billy Graham's crusade says about it. Josh McDowell says about it. And uh, Fuller Seminary. And I don't know, several others. 
the people that had to read this book and write what they thought about the book, and it's all in the front of it. And I thought, I could never get those people to listen to me. They don't know who I am, could care less. But I thought, what if I'd have never went to Bible college and went to Indian camps, wound up in Colorado, and got Greg Steer coming to our Christian school, and then to finish and graduate from our school. And then he goes into the ministry, and he's reaching more people, more teenagers, than I ever did in my life. And I thought, now here's, he's got a book, and he's going to all of these people, and they're reading, and they're studying it, and then on the clarity of the gospel, and he tells them an awful lot of stuff, it's very good. So I ordered 20 of those books. They're $100 a piece. <laughs> no. They're $10 each. So he gave me a little bit of a break. But I'm going to have 20 of them. And uh, I know there's a, a few people I'm going to give them. But I thought, what if I had never gone to camp? What if I'd have never had a camp and Greg Stewart never went to camp? He went to all of our camps. That's why he's doing what he's doing today. And now, if I was to die today, the work is still going on because somebody was influenced because of camp. Camp not only reaches the kids, but it trains the ones who goes to camp and works. It helps all the speakers, it helps the counselors, it helps the team captains and all the co-counselors. All of them, they grow in the Lord because of it. It gives them a vision. This is why some churches want to have missionary projects so that the people can get a vision of what it's like to go to the foreign fields. Surely somebody has to do this. Somebody has to do this. True? Somebody has to do this. If we don't do it, who's going to do it? That's why it's so important. We've got to find some of these kids so we have a ranch meeting where you can try to train as many as you possibly can, teach them to trust Christ as Savior. You may have to reach a thousand of them to get a hundred to go to camp. And then you have to have camp where we can get maybe ten of them to go to Bible college and hope one of them will graduate. It's a lot of work. This is why Jesus, whenever he had trained those twelve for three and a half years, Gave him the final exam, and every one of them failed the test. They all forsook him. All of them did. They denied him. And that was all he had to work with, was a bunch of dedicated nobodies. But lo and behold, after they saw him after the resurrection, those lambs were turned into a bunch of lions. And they hit the world running, because they were no longer afraid. They knew there's nothing else in the world worth living for more than what that man wanted me to do with my life. And that's why it's so important. Mildred, are you in here? You want to say, come on up here, Mildred. I love it when they're just scared to death. <laughs> but she's not scared anymore. She used to be afraid, but she's not scared anymore. But anyway, she came from Wally Marillo's work. Wally and Jane, way down there in far Texas. This is where they're going, to the place where she came from. This is Mildred, and we're thankful for her. We're very proud of her, too. Come on up here, Mildred. It was back in 2012, um, my freshman year of high school, that I went to my first um, Bible camp. Um, that Wednesday morning, I heard the gospel, and I trusted in Christ. That same day, it just... It was just kind of a reminder of what Christ did for me on the cross, that he died for my sins. And because of that, I couldn't have eternal life. So 
um, that same night we had dedication night, and I just really, I knew that I had to serve the Lord because of what he did for me. And the reason why I continue to do camps and I love it so much is because I get to have an impact on these kids the same way that my counselors and my mentor did for me. And yeah. <laughs> God bless you, girl. <laughs> but we're thankful that these kids have seen an impact in the lives of those that they work with when kids dedicate their lives to the Lord. It's such a moving, a powerful thing. You have no idea how many times in these years I have told that Jim Tingen story. And I was going to maybe speak on something else. And they'll always say, tell the Jim Tingen story. I said, you haven't heard it five times. You have to tell it one more time. Because you just want people to dedicate their lives to the Lord, to serve the Lord. We want them to do something with their lives. I mean, everybody can live and make money and live happily and so forth. Okay, now you die. You're dead now. Now, when you get to heaven, where's some of your fruit? Do you have any fruit? Remember this. You can get to the top of an oak tree either by climbing it or sitting on an acorn. And you wonder why you don't get anywhere. Well, you, you may be sitting too long. You have to put some effort in. But remember... Don't be afraid to get out on a limb. So that's where the fruit's at. And if you get out on a limb, there's always somebody wanting to cut it off. Because you see, just be, by the mere fact that you do it is a rebuke to somebody else who doesn't do it. Those who serve the Lord, those who don't, are going to have to give an account. Why didn't you? Why didn't you? You see, there was this preacher one time, and he made an appeal for people to go to the mission field and he had everybody stand, and he was pleading with people to dedicate their lives to go to the mission field. And a couple of them got up and came down there, and this one girl got up, and she came all the way down, and she knelt, and she was just a sobbing. And the preacher says, honey, I didn't mean you. You're my daughter. I didn't mean you. You see anything wrong with this? See anything wrong with that at all? So you've got to understand there's, there's consequences of why we do what we do. It's kind of like this. I was told there's this man and this woman were going to get married, but he got called into the military. She promised she'd wait. Say he's going to get married. So he's over there, and, you know, time makes the heart wander. Uh, go wander? Wander. And um, so her heart began to wander. So she writes a Dear John letter. And when he got the letter... She says, I found someone else, and we're going to get married, and could you please send me my picture back? It's the best one that I had. <laughs> it broke his heart. He's over there sacrificing, serving his country, and she refused to wait. So he shared it with a couple of the guys, and they were just brokenhearted for him. You know, to be jilted, rejected is a hard thing. So he says, y'all got any pictures of your ex-girlfriends and so forth? So a bunch of them did. They had some girlfriends. So he, he collected a whole bunch of these pictures of these girls. And he took her picture and he put it in the envelope. And he sent that to her in the mail with a little note. Please go through these pictures and find yours and send me the rest of them back because I can't remember for the life of me what you look like. LAUGHTER 
there's a cause. We do some things to people because if they hurt us. But has the Lord ever hurt you that you ever want to get even with God, get back at him? Wouldn't it be neat if all of God's children just loved the Lord and just wanted to do what God wants them to do with their life? Well, Tyler, the rest of them are cringing. They know what's coming. <laughs> He'd been writing notes. Uh, Jesse told us the other day to uh, get something ready, and I totally forgot about it until you mentioned it. <laughs> and so I was like, I probably should write something down, but I don't think I need it. Uh, camp is a very big part of my life, and I can tell you why. Uh, I was 17 when I went to my first camp, and it was in 2011. And I went there, and it was Freddie Cool's camp, Camp Grace. And I wasn't able to have my phone, but even if I did, there was no service. Uh, I didn't, there was no TV, there was no internet, no computers. It was just me and God. And uh, I saw his truth more clear than I have ever saw it. And I had already trusted Christ when I was eight years old, but I didn't know anything else. I grew up not really going to church, but when I saw his truth and I learned so much about service and, and so much from him, it created a hunger for him and for his word and for his service. And uh, so much that I got so excited that I, uh, I dedicated my life to Christ that year. And um, every year after that, I wanted to go back to that camp. And then I got too old to be a camper, so I started uh, serving there. And uh, the past two years, or yeah, the past two years, uh, I'm so excited about camp that I told the Lord that uh, this summer, Lord, I want to do as much as I can, as much camps as I can, because I know how much it affected my life, and I want to be a part of it affecting other people's lives. And, uh, and it, again, the camp is so, uh, it gets, I love it so much that uh, after Bible college, you know, you're supposed to think, all right, what am I going to do after Bible college? Well, a camp ministry is one of the biggest ones that is, uh, the more and more I think about it, the more time goes by, it's a big burning desire that's growing and growing, that I want to pursue that after college. And, uh, but I want, uh, I'd, camp is such a big part, and, I, and what Trent said and what Jesse said and Mildred is a huge part of why I'm here. If it wasn't for camp and what I learned and what I was challenged to do, uh, I would not be here at this college. So, thank you. Come on up, Justin. He, he bowed his head like I didn't see him, but I saw him. <laughs> He's a big fellow. But him and um, Tyler have been friends for a long time. And uh, it's nice that they can come to, together to college on the buddy pass. So this is a buddy. Yes, and uh, today I'm going to be speaking from the second half of Tyler's notes that he didn't get to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yes, I'd like an 8 by 10 of that, if you don't mind. <laughs> well, for those of you who don't know, camp is a week that really just beats you up. I mean, at, coming to the close of the week, you're, you're sunburnt, and you've had early mornings and late nights all week, and you have a ton of sweaty, nasty, dirty laundry to get to whenever you get home. And then a lot of the times you have a, a long drive home, sometimes 500 miles coming from Tampa. But camp is, you get that mindset at the end of the camp, like, I'm never doing this again. I don't want to do that. God, Please don't make me do this again. And then that following Sunday, whenever you get up here and, you know, you talk about your camp experience, you're like, camp is the greatest. Like, you have to go. No matter what, you're going next year. And I don't know where that transition occurs, but it does. And camp really does work. It worked on me. And 
In 2011, I had dedicated my life to serve the Lord. I told God, I want to live the remainder of my life bringing more honor and more glory to you. And I was, I was sitting in a barn when I said that to God. And it truly is amazing. And I can honestly say, just like the, the ones who are up here previously, that I wouldn't be here today if it weren't for camp. It, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't work. I'm just so thankful for the counselors. I'm thankful for Freddie Coyle, camp directors across America who preach the clear gospel. It really does work. And I really appreciate the people of this church who have funded our trip to uh, Texas camp. And uh, I'm just really excited to allow God to work through me in the lives of these kids, helping them experience the same thing that I experienced in my week at camp. Thank you. You bet. He scared me for a minute when he says I was just sitting there in the bar. And, and this hearing aid, it went out, and so I was like, maybe he said barn. Did you say barn? Was it barn? Barn, barn. I just, I just want to make sure that's corrected. I thought he said it when I was sitting there in the bar. Why do I, why do, I do this? I don't know why I do this, you know. It's, but the Lord is, is so good. Now, isn't it something... Now, these guys, when they first came down here, they would not have been able to get up here and give a nice testimony like they're doing now. But they, they, they're learning. They're growing. They're maturing. And, and I can see tremendous things in their life since they've been here. See, growth is so, it's, it's not all of a sudden. It's little by little, little by little. And I'm glad that we've got some students that love the Lord and are growing in the Lord. They're maturing in the Lord. They're getting a burden for the things of the Lord. Because if we don't do this, then we won't produce, then there won't be no soul winners out. There won't be no more pay. I've got people that want preachers right now. I got another one this week. He's got up in Michigan. Do you know anybody from your college that's ready to go become a preacher? But, but they ain't going yet. <laughs> so anyway, there's a lot of work to be done. But I, um, I'm going to ask John John. John John, why don't you come up here? Try to find something that you might be able to say, John John. <laughs> You notice I say the best for last. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I, I, first of all, I'd like to say I know I'm going to heaven when I die. I have everlasting life. Jesus Christ died on the cross. He paid for my sins. He was buried and rose again. And he said if I would merely believe in him, he would give me eternal life as a free gift of his grace. And I'm thankful for that. Um, I'm a late bloomer. I didn't even know camp existed when I was a teenager. I didn't have the opportunity to go to camp. My first camp was at 30 years of age, and it was the most amazing, the most powerful, the most difference-making thing I'd ever witnessed in my life. Never seen anything quite like it, and it affected me. It's the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing today. Um, we are losing our young generation. We're losing them. And if camp is a, is a way to make the biggest impact, the most powerful difference, with kids. I've witnessed it with my eyes. And if we don't send kids to camp now, we're going to lose our generation. They're our future generation. We have to reach them. And camp is a way to do that. I wrote a few things down. I don't want to miss anything. Um, a, a lot of missionaries said 
that they are missionaries because they went to camp. And I understand that because I would not be at Florida Bible College of Tampa today if it had not been for camp. Because camp makes the Bible real. Truth is that which corresponds to reality, and kids get to see the Bible work where the rubber meets the road, and I got to see that. Um, camp provides an atmosphere like no other. Uh, we have ranch here, but camp is different. Camp is ranch on super mega steroids. That's what it is. It's an electric, dynamic atmosphere. It's not just for entertainment. It has a purpose. It has a cause. We are there for two main reasons. We want kids to trust Christ as their Savior. And it's a powerful thing when you get to see the gospel clearly given that everlasting life is by faith in Christ alone plus nothing else. If you believe in him, you get everlasting life. And kids that may have never heard that in their life, hear it, understand it, and place their faith in Christ. That's a powerful thing to see that. It it's, has a purpose to it. And we want those kids who trust Christ as their Savior to dedicate their life to serve the Lord like Justin said. We want them to say, hey, what the Lord did for me is worth me living for. Not to get to heaven, but because of what he did for me. And that is powerful. It's an electric atmosphere. You know, they say excitement breeds excitement. Camp is pure excitement. But it's for the Lord. It's the Lord. You know, a lot of uh, kids are being told today that God is dull. God's not dull. And kids come away finding out God's not dull. God is cool. He's really cool. They find that out. Also, not only is the atmosphere contagious, it's very contagious to kids. It's concentrated. These kids are pulled away from a, a world of Facebook and cell phones and TV, which is what kids are just being absorbed by today. They're pulled away from that and seeing there's a God that loves me, and he wants to be a part of my life, and, and he wants to use me. And you get a kid that's on fire for the Lord, I'll take one kid that's on fire for the Lord than a hundred adults. Don't y'all take that against you now. But I'll take one kid that's on fire for the Lord because they'll move. They'll shake the world. I've seen it happen. We need to reach teenagers. But it's contagious. It's concentrated. They, we focus on God's Word. They get a lot of God's Word. It's fun now. We have lots of fun. We have competitions. Uh, I'm always trying to beat the young Tyler and Justin, you know, we competitions, but it's concentrated. They get God's word, and I've seen them eat it like uh, an athlete would eat a steak. They just dig into it like a kid eating ice cream, and that's powerful. When you get a kid who will take God's word and say, hey, that's for me. I can understand that. God has a plan and a purpose for me. So it's contagious, concentrated, and it's, they're challenged. They're challenged to serve the Lord. They're challenged to be fishers of men, to go out and win their friends to Christ. Um, a lot of the kids, you're so charged up after camp. When I come away from camp, I'm ready to charge hell with a squirt gun. But you know, the kids are too. And it doesn't just affect the kids. The kids get that, but I get it too. When I walk away from camp, I'm ready to charge hell with a squirt gun. But I'm also something else. I'm ready to dig into God's Word more than ever before. And I'm ready to roll up my sleeves and do more than I've ever done before for God. And kids get that vision. They get it. We need to reach them. It affected me, but it affects kids. If you want to really make a difference, 
at this church at Calvary. Support this camp. Support us going to Texas. Support the camp we're fixing to have in Georgia that we'll be going up to, to God's country. <laughs> but if you really want to make a difference, if you really want to make a difference, you're going to do it by reaching our young generation. Our young generation. Thank you. Let me ask you something. Didn't they encourage you? Just listen to them. And so some of you may have had those same desires years ago. And you probably thought that maybe you should have, but you didn't. And you have some regrets. From here on out, you can't go back in time. Do what you can. I still, I love camps. Now, I'm moving on to 75 now. We got to get as much done as we can while I'm still young. Because one of these days, I'm going to get old. And I'm not going to be able to go. But I'm about ready to turn camp over. <laughs> camp is, can be a killer. But I'm so glad that we've got some good shock absorbers around here. These are some people that can carry the weight and they give you a smooth ride. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? Because sometimes you don't have, the parents won't be behind you. Sometimes the kids fall away and you just get, wind up with just a handful that goes to Bible college and does something. And all the cost that's involved, all the sleepless nights. And I wonder so many times when I wasn't able to spend all the time that I needed to with my own kids. And if I had to do it over again, I would probably try to do a little bit better job with my kids. But I, have to, I felt if I don't do this, nobody's going to have to reach them. Nobody's going to take these kids to camp. And I've got to do it. And I did it. And I had to pay a great price for doing so. But that was 40-something years ago, 1968, nine, down through the 70s. And now here we are. And all these years later, we still want to keep doing it. Why? Because it works. It still works. And that's why I'm thankful for all of you that helped so much in what we do around here. We wanted that other bus. You gave us, you gave us the money to get it. We've had a ranch, and we've hired Jesse's our uh, youth director now. That's his official title. And, uh, of course, he wears many hats. That's just an official title. It doesn't mean anything. He got to do everything that needs to be done. So, but we, we, we got a lot of work to do. Pray for camp. Next week, the kids are going to be leaving. Pray for the camp. That they have a safe trip, an enjoyable time at the same time. But where it's something that maybe they say, you know, I can do this for the rest of my life. I love this. This is exciting. It was camp at Boca Raton, 1964, when I went to that first camp. And I had never been to a camp before. And I met Hank Lindstrom. And Hank Lindstrom made a big impact upon my life. He's one of the main reasons that I went to Florida Bible College, because I talked to Hank at the camp. I still have a picture of me and Hank sitting in the lobby playing the guitar and singing a song with Eddie Williamson. I'm going to show you that picture one of these days. I look really young. <laughs> but so did Hank and everybody else. But anyway, I could talk on and on and on. You say, yeah, you sure could. Let me show you something. Now, you notice that when John John got up here, because he was the last one, you know, he, told, he gave you the gospel, didn't he? He was explaining the gospel. I don't know why he does that. This hand represents you and me. 
The wallet represents sin. We all have sin upon us. God loves us, but he hates our sin. And for us to pay for sin is eternal separation from the Lord. But God loves us, wants us to go to heaven. And go to heaven, we have to be perfect. Nobody's perfect. We've all done things wrong. Nobody's good enough to go to heaven. That's why we needed a Savior. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord. God in the flesh doesn't have any sin. He didn't have to die. But because he loves us and he hated our sin because our sin separated us from him. He took all the sin of all the world. He's already done that 2,000 years ago. He took all the sin, paid for it. That doesn't mean everybody goes to heaven now. But those that believe, he did it for them. So you can believe he did it for the world and not go to heaven. You have to believe he did it for you. And when you believe that he did it for you and you accept this payment as your payment to go to heaven, you're not going to try to earn your way to heaven because you know you're already going. You've already accepted the free ticket. And that's why when you trust Christ as your Savior, he gives you eternal life and you can know that you're going to heaven. He says, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. So important. So yes, this church and all the ministries... These are the hands. Ranch is a hand of this ministry. It's the hands of God. These people are the hands of God. These are what God is using. And we're always reaching. Through the internet, we're reaching. And through the radio ministry, we're reaching. We're always reaching. And when we stop reaching, we'll be nothing more than just a shell. There'll be no substance to our life. There'll be no substance to you individually or corporately as a body of believers. Because everything else is just a shell. When there's substance, the great cause is missing. Let's pray, shall we? With heads bowed and eyes closed and no one looking around, if you have never trusted Christ as your Savior, I pray that you will. And I'm going to ask you in just a moment, if you'll just raise your hand saying, yes, I will trust Christ as my Savior this morning and preach, I'd like you to pray for me. Is there anyone at all? Just slip it up very quickly and put it right back down. If you have already trusted Christ as Savior, God gives you eternal life, you're his child forever. But there's a lot of things God wants us to do with our lives. There's a cause for your life. Seek the Lord's will. All I want you to do is exactly what God wants you to do. Talk to him. Father, we thank you so much for all that you have done for us. We thank you, Lord, for the many hands we have in this ministry that seek to reach in various ways so that we can bring people to Christ. Thank you so much for all you've done for us now in Christ's name. Amen.